you a business leader looking for next? I was. Are you an athlete transitioning to next? I wasn't. If you're looking for your next, this is the space for you. This is the Business Athlete Performance Lab. Hi, I'm Keith Billis, and this is Live in the Lab. All right. A little bit of weirdness in front of the camera there for anybody who's watching. So I'm like, hey, where's the button? Where's the button? I can't get it going. How did you go viral on TikTok? You were on America's Got Talent. How much did you get paid to be on AGT? Oh, you didn't get paid. Keith and Steve here in live in the lab. You're a great interviewer. I love it. 48 miles, 48 hours. And not just once. You ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> I hit 50 last time and I'm like, yeah, things are a little different than they were 10 years ago. So trust me, things are to keep you. have no time for the BS that much yeah. of society seems to put on the table. Why is that? Like what you're talking about is real right now. There's just no bullshit here, but it's just real. We brought you in with some Marley. I said, Joseph, let's talk music for a second. You said, well, Keith Oldies, 60s, 70s, and 80s. I've never talked to a sir before. Why are you a sir? In many ways, we're the same story. I came from nothing. <laughs> You came from nothing. I think the old saying goes that if you want a trophy, you climb Everest. If you want respect, you climb K2. I've built an AI myself, and it's pretty fascinating when you can have a conversation with yourself with your own knowledge. Have you done that before? Why are we rushing to make these tools if they're all they're going to do is hurt humanity? Does the world need an Oppenheimer moment with AI? What a fun show. Hey, Hey everybody, <laughs> there's that volume. You got Keith Billis here on a Tuesday and I'm live in the lab and I'm happy. Can you hear the music? What is it about bagpipes? Just creates joy, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, there's joy. Why am I so joyous? I'll tell you why I'm joyous. Let's listen to the music for a few seconds. Come on, if you're listening on the podcast and you can't get some joy going on, I don't know what you got to do. And if you're watching me and you can't see me smiling right now, come on, take it all in. All right, let's bring that volume down a little bit here. So why the, why the bagpipes, you're wondering? Why the bagpipes? <laughs> I'll tell you why the bagpipes. We got somebody from Nova Scotia today, Nova Atlantic, Canada. And I don't know why it is I think of Atlantic Canada, I think of bagpipes. I think of curling. You know curling, that sport where you throw the rocks down the ice. I curled before. It was angles and shit, and I ain't good at angles. I'm good at making stuff. Yeah, just listen to the episode with Justin Breen. Do your Colby Index score. I don't do angles. Although I have met with Kurt Angle. That's a story for another day. Nah. I do creative stuff like this. Come on, if you're not clapping with me, I don't know what you're not clapping about. You know, if you're talking to Ian Clark, last week, what a story that guy had. Guys our age, you retired athletes out there? Business guys out there? Hey, time's our currency. It's not the money in the bank, it's time. All right. Out of glory is done. The bagpipes are done, you guys. No more bagpipes. We're going to stop the tunes there and pay attention over here to the camera. What's going on in today's show? Hey, so we got Matt Rouse joining us. Matt joins us from Nova Scotia. Matt is a AI expert, author, wrote a book called uh, Pure Tainment and Will AI Take My Job? Will AI Take My Job? It's a topic we often talk about here in the lab. Um, 
the weaving of AI into our lives, the, the weaving of AI into humans. You know, we believe in that AI enhanced human. You know, nobody can ever say to me, ah, Keith, I don't have 30 minutes to get the job done on myself. Nah, Keith, I don't have 60 minutes to go for a walk. Nah, Keith, I don't have 30 minutes to go and lift some weights. Really? Yeah, there's this new little tool called ChatGPT and this, this concept of large language models. Um, they're pretty smart. Yeah, they might change your life. They might give you back 30 minutes, 45 minutes, 60 minutes. They're not going to take your job. But if you don't embrace the tools, you're not going to have a job. So think about that. So as you're transitioning, as you're, as you're sitting there in your career right now going, nah, I'm just the old guy in the office. I'm not embracing the tools. Or you're the retired athlete guy and you're like, yeah, well, I've just played hockey my whole life or I've just played football or basketball and I don't want to pay attention to technology. All right. Okay. See ya. Got to embrace the tools. So we're going to talk about that with Matt today coming up uh, in a few moments. Matt will join us uh, just over there on the screen. Yeah, if you saw the pre-show, that's where the draft is hanging out right now. Yeah, it's actually a draft. Draft hanging on the wall right now. So Matt's going to join us here. We're going to talk about a number of things. He's also uh, the host of the Digital Marketing Masters podcast. See, that one a hundred times. The Digital Marketing Masters podcast. And the co-host of the Business Builder Throwdown and... He's a chicken wrangler. You heard that right. He's a chicken wrangler. Now, admittedly, admittedly, I have a concept in my head what a chicken wrangler might be, but I think I'll just wait to hear from Matt. Yeah, we'll hear, wait to hear from Matt. You know, we're also going to wait to hear from Matt is what he's going to take on for the November, the no month challenge. Now, if he's been paying attention to the show, and I would suspect he's not, and he hasn't been, but that's the funny thing, right? There's a secret kind of emerging across LinkedIn, X, and Instagram. There's this show bubbling up to the top in these people's feeds. And they keep hearing about it. And then these guests are hearing about it and telling their friends. And they're going, hmm, what is this? So we're finding guests are coming more and more prepared. So we're going to have to keep this little surprise under wraps so we can keep the authenticity along the way. I'm going to quickly clear my throat with a pause and come back to you. So... I got to tell you a few things before we flip on over to Matt. Man, am I feeling good. Six days in. Halloween was one week ago. Yeah. One week ago, I was stuffing my ass with chocolate and peanut butter and getting all ready. Just got to get all that peanut butter into my body. Because why? Because I knew no month was around the corner. You know, the no month of saying no to something. I'm saying no to peanut butter. And today's day six. And I got to tell you, less inflammation, no inflammation. Uh, better mornings after coffee. And if you can read between the lines with what I just said, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I have my cup of coffee, and I get out of bed in the morning, have my coffee, and I uh, go through my morning routine. And without the peanut butter, I, I, don't, I don't feel the effects on my gut. So i got to tell you, man, if you're paying attention to this and you're on the no train with me, I'm sure you're feeling like I am. I'm sure you're feeling better. If you're not, it's not too late to start no month. Hell, I don't care if you start November 28th. Just... Just consider it, consider it, consider it, consider it. Uh, hey, hey, listen, we still have Transformation 24 we're talking about. I know we've been, haven't talked about it much lately because we've been talking about so many other things, but Transformation 24 is still out there, uh, not still out there, actively talking about it, actively talking to people about this curiosity, but what's Transformation 24? You know that experience next year where we're taking 10 guys, 10 business leaders, retired athletes, uh, we're all going to get on a team together for the year. We're going to spend the year together, metaphorically, but also in a coaching, you know, in a coaching manner, where we're going to help you through nutrition, your wellness, your fitness, your accountability. We're going to do a few retreats throughout the year. 
You can find that on Babbel.ai. We're also going to talk with Matt today, and I want to quickly yip on this. Yesterday was OpenAI Day, and I remember OpenAI Day yesterday, and then the year ago when they launched ChatGPT. It reminded me very much of when uh, Jobs got on stage in 2000 and whatever it was, 2007, I think, and introduced the iPhone. And then every year after that, as the world keep changing, they kept sending their updates out every annual September event, and we saw how the iPhone changed the world. We're seeing the same thing happening right now. And yesterday, big thing happened that a lot of people probably really don't recognize or realize, especially our audience, of what's going to happen and what's going to change. So yesterday, Sam Altman and the gang at OpenAI released these, this concept of create your own GPT. So, so, so these GPTs, so if chat GPT was the whole of everything, you know, we're all going to get a chance to create our own GPTs, right? As Justin Breen would say, I'm a simplifier. So just imagine your own chat GPT, Keith's chat GPT, you know, Joe's GPT, Mike's and Dave's, everybody's going to have their own chat GPT. And then they're all going to talk to each other as agents, right? They're all going to communicate it on our behalf. So if you think about when the website was invented, whatever that was, a thousand years ago or a million years ago, and then everybody started having their own website and everybody had their own social media profile. I can assure you the same thing is going to happen over the next 12 months with these AI agents. We're all going to have our own agents, building our own things, doing our own things, talking to each other. And you're saying to, my, then you're saying to yourself, well, Keith, where, where's the human element? Where's the human gone? Where, 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 what am I going to do? Well, I'll tell you you're going to see the internet become something very, very different. You're going to see it move to a subscription-based human internet where you want to connect with Keith the human, come subscribe to my content for a few bucks a month, you know you're connecting with me. I'll let my agent do all the dirty work, do my calendar stuff, do my tasks, do all the stuff that your AI can do with my AI. So we're all going to have AIs talking to each other. Imagine 12 months from now, the internet's going to look very different. And then along the way, the internet of subscription, of, 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 of human connection will be drawn by micropayments, three bucks a month, five bucks a month, 11 bucks a month, 50, 100, whatever that price point might be. But that will be your assurity you're connecting with me as the human being and getting human-driven content, not AI-driven content. So that's my belief. So if you haven't paid much attention to what happened yesterday, I'm going to talk about it today with Matt Rouse. Um, big day in the world of AI and open AI and and stuff that's going to be relevant to the audience. It is relevant to this audience. Trust me. If you guys are reticent to change, don't be. It's part of the transition process. All right, enough about that. Let's bring Matt Rouse into the lab. He's over there waiting in the green room. I'm going to flip on to my left, as you know how this, this lab works. I'm going to bring Matt in right now. Chicken Wrangler from Nova Scotia, Matt Rouse. Hey, Matt. Hey. How are you? Good. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you for joining me here from Nova Scotia, I'm thinking. Yes, I'm in Nova Scotia right now. I've lived here just for about three years, almost to the day. Oh, yeah. And, so where did you live before that? Before that, I lived just outside of Portland, Oregon in the United States. Oh, so I from one coast to the U.S. for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Before that, I lived in Calgary. Oh, so you went from the, the middle to the to each, to each coast. That's right. I've been all over. <laughs> You're an all over. <laughs> yeah, well, and once we moved here, let me tell you something about chicken wrangler, uh, not a technical term, but there's something called chicken math. And chicken math is how you end up in the situation that I'm in right now where I've got 62 chickens. So 
we started with six chickens because we bought a property that already had a barn that had a little chicken coop in it. And we got six chickens. It turned out one of them was a rooster. So since the rooster would fertilize the eggs of the other chickens, we thought, oh, we'll just hatch a few. And so then now we got a dozen chickens. And then a predator got in and killed a bunch of the chickens. So we're like, if we have to hatch more chickens, we got to get, you know, twice as many hens as we want to lay eggs because half of them are going to be roosters. And then from there, one thing leads to another. I need a different breed of chicken. I got to get this kind of chicken. I got to get a bantam chicken and a silky chicken. And I wanted this color of eggs. And now you have 62 chickens. So along the way, you became a chicken expert. That's right. And well, I technically my wife is the chicken expert. I, I would say I know a lot more about chickens than I did before. Um, I've got three baby chicks that are two days old in my mudroom right now in a big plastic bin with a heat lamp on them and and two chicken coops now with three separators. And Yeah. So I'm suspecting that you also discovered now, – now I think I've just learned where the origins of chicken scratch came from. Because when you start from six chickens and end up with 62, you're just on the wall with that pencil going, okay, honey, it's six, yeah. seven, eight, nine, oh, 10, scratch it out, 10. That, that's kind of, are you scratching, right? It's just constant scratching, isn't it, Matt? Chicken scratch is an actual thing that you feed your chickens. Oh, chicken scratch is an actual thing you feed your, yeah. I did not know that. It's usually made up of crushed oyster shells. Crushed oyster shells. So there's scratch has things and minerals and things that your chickens need to help with digestion and things like that. And you, know, you every phrase that you've heard about chickens, you have chickens for a year, you'll know where they all came from. Keith and Matt talking chickens live right. and live on a Tuesday. Live about chickens. You know what? There's this there's this duality in my life that I thought would never happen but it's actually brilliant. And what it is is I work with technology all day. Yeah. And the last thing I want to do is spend my off time kind of dealing with more technology even though i mean i love video games and stuff too but uh i like spending my time you know on my property hanging out with my chickens you know and, and building stuff and getting firewood and and things like that living we live like i would call it semi off grid i still have fiber and i still have power but i also have backup satellite internet and generators and our own well and our own septic system and you know so we're kind of switching back and forth between you know technology and non-technology on a daily basis it's a nice balance actually when i hear you when i hear you speak of that it's a nice balance isn't it and it's a it's a nice way to have a, a foot in both sides because you really can't say no to the world around you the technology around you but you can make a conscious decision to step back into doing things that got us here right yeah, and I mean, suddenly things don't become as important. You know, often I'll set my phone down and forget about it for two hours. Yeah. And when I lived in the city, forget it. I had my phone basically glued to my hand 24 hours a day. So this is a good time for me to ask you this question then, you know, because Matt, my audience is is guys in transition, right? It's, it's retired athletes, 32, 35, 30, 37 that are going, okay, I've just played something my whole life. I got to transition. We don't talk retirement here. We don't, right. we talk, we talk transition. And then I got these business leaders that, that are in the same boat that I have been in. Perhaps you have been in that are transitioning. So I have to ask you probably the most important question of the day, Matt Rose. <clears throat> Let me look at the camera. I'm ready. Did chickens force your transition? 
from the corporate world to entrepreneurship? I would say no. Um, but it probably would have had that come first. I would say the biggest transition was going from being um, an information systems, information technology contractor mm-hmm. into purely entrepreneurship, running our own, running my own business and then merging with my business partner now so that we have our business has been combined for, I don't even know, seven years, no, nine years now. Uh, but I was an IT contractor for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And for large companies with huge marketing organizations, which is how I got into marketing, uh, you know, I used to work for Intel, um, Enterprise Software Marketing Group, and I used to work with Nike several times and, you know, some of the busy- biggest marketing organizations in the world. And I was always supporting those marketing groups on the technology or the software side, but I had run a side business since the 90s working on websites and ads and things like that so the transition was can i make enough money to do this full time Mm -hmm. and the real i would say like the defining moment of that transition was my wife and i sitting down and saying can we take you know uh at least 50 percent pay cut for the next six to 12 months to make this happen it was tough, but we did it. Talk about the support your wife gave you to make that decision. Because because often entrepreneurs are just the entrepreneur, but nobody thinks about the family that has to go through that as well. That's right. Well, we didn't have any kids at the time, which helps, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because you don't have as much of a financial burden. Uh, but she was working. She had, a, she had a good paying job. And, uh, you know, we were able to kind of use that financial support to get through. Uh, but I mean, it was a slog at the start as you know, any entrepreneur will tell you, you know, unless you have a business that gets some kind of massive amount of funding, or you already have cash going into it, it is a slog to get started in a business. Like you're working hundred hour weeks for no money. Right. And over time, you know, that's the, the money keeps getting higher and the hours keep getting lower, right? So you go from working a whole lot for nothing and over time you rebalance it, right? So you can make more money doing less work. I've never had more fun and have made less money than in what I've been doing since I've started this show. Right. I mean, well, that's the other thing, right? Is when you can do what you want to do, now you're making all the decisions and even if it's not the right decision, you got to make the decision, which is way more fun than having somebody else tell you what to do. Yeah. So Matt, let, let's let's just keep going down that path of transition. So you and your wife sat down and you made the decision that yeah, we're gonna we're gonna move out of the, the contractor secured life to to more of an entrepreneurial uh, a business uh, a life. How long did that transition take you? Like when when did you start seeing money? You talk about the slog, Matt. How long right. were you slogging before you kind of were like okay? We're making some money now. So my, the IT world, I don't know if, if you have much experience in contract work or not, but I do contract work, as you may know, has some pretty large gaps between jobs sometimes. Yes. It's this one's not going to start for three months till after this one. And you don't have time to get a three month job in the middle and you got to stretch your money out between contracts or 
contracts dry up, you're supposed to start this day, they go on a hiring freeze and you lose your job before you even start and all kinds of crap happens, right? This company gets purchased by this company and you know, you're at the same desk but you lose your job for no reason because they could lay off all the contractors without calling it a layoff and there's all kinds of stuff that can happen. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. everyone told me if you start your own business, what about job security? And I'm like, I don't have any job security now. Yeah. Right? I'm like, I'm yes. losing my job every six to 12 months anyway. So, you know, and I don't know how many people told me that and then ended up getting laid off. Right. Mm-hmm. But when you run your business, how many customers do you have? And I mean, customers, let's say people who pay you regularly, if one of them leaves, Right. Like my agency, we have roughly, I don't know, 130 customers. So if one leaves, I lose less than 1% of my income. Mm-hmm. But if I have one boss, then uh, that one boss lays me off. I lose 100% of my income. Mm-hmm. 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 So now I'm transitioning. I've got a few customers who are paying me regularly to do some stuff. It's not enough to pay the rent or the bills, but it's enough to kind of keep the business going. And then I can focus 100% on just trying to grow the business. And I would say the first two to three months was really tough. And then I watched this super old video um, by, oh, I can't remember his name right now. Noah Kagan, from who now semi-famous for AppSumo. And he's a big content creator now about growing wealth on YouTube and stuff. Mm-hmm. Back in the day... He wrote a book about basically how he lost a billion dollars because he got fired and lost all his stock options from Facebook. And he gave a talk for startups saying, if you can't sell the people in your own backyard, you have no business going out on the Internet trying to market to people to make money. I thought that makes a lot of sense. Right. Mm -hmm. So I just started looking around online. I found the local chamber of commerce had a, like a meet and greet event every Friday. So I went to that. I went to everything. I went to the the libraries, having a book club. I'm going right. There's a dentist meetup. I'm going to the dentist meetup. I don't know anything about dentistry, but I'm going to go right. I'm just going to meet all these people. And so I went and met all these people and they started to, to see that I had some expertise. And they would say, well, I have this problem with my website and our website guy takes three months to get back to me. And I'm like, I can fix it 10 minutes, you know, uh, it'll be $50, right? (laughs) Whatever. Right. And now we're, we're getting business in the door. Right. And then we start to go, how can we generate leads for these businesses? Because that's what they're doing. They're out trying to sell, but do it in a way that we can also generate leads for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Start getting into marketing, advertising, getting all Mm -hmm. that together. Now we got like a technology solution, right? Mm -hmm. My business partner's good friend of mine for years. We're still business partners today. He actually moved to Costa Rica and I moved to Canada. We both used to live in Portland and, uh, so he is doing e-commerce businesses. He's a merchant processor in his company. So he gets doing websites where he can connect them up with payment solutions. I'm doing advertising and marketing, building websites too. We put those two together. Now we have a whole marketing machine. People could come to us, build e-commerce websites, lead generation. We can do their marketing. We can do their ads. We got, you know, Facebook had just started running ads and 
Uh, Google Ads had only been out for a few years at that point. And, you know, so we're kind of early on the industry. It's not anything you can go learn at school yet because nobody has a program on, you know, how to run advertising, digital advertising, because they just invented it, you know. So we get that together, and that's kind of where things start to take off is now we've got division of labor. We got structures for pricing. We could start taking payment, paying less money out to, to take people's money. And, you know, things really start moving at that point. We get to a point where, you know, it's starting to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, my wife and I said, look, it's time that I think we're going to start our family. So um, when she gets pregnant with my daughter, she was able to quit her job and we were able to live off my income from my business. And uh, so we kind of had that trade off. Right. So. Mm-hmm. She helped me get the business going, and then once I had the business going, she was able to transition into, you know, being a mother. And she had kind of a rough pregnancy, and so she wouldn't have been able to do her job very often or very well. Um, so it helped out a lot. And uh, now she's a flower farmer. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, yeah. chicken farmer and, 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 and flower farmer. Yeah, and she takes care of the chickens and, and our daughter, and uh, she grows dahlias are a very specific type of flower yes and uh yeah we have about three thousand dahlias <laughs> wow we'll have to come back to the dahlias <laughs> hey matt you mentioned something i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to lose sight of uh while you were explaining your journey you talked about you were out everywhere handshaking yes. chamber of commerce you mentioned a library you were everywhere researching your you were everywhere how important is networking and, and building that personal brand in the digital marketing and podcasting space? And what strategies other than what you shared have worked really well for you? Anything that you didn't share on that list? Because clearly you got that figured out to, to get your, 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 your marketing business started. There are so many in-person networking opportunities that no one takes advantage of because everybody wants to sit in their office. So then Matt, if no one takes advantage of them, there's nobody there then. I'm saying in in (laughs) the digital marketing space, right? Okay, gotcha, okay. Depending on your company, okay? Right, yes. Look, I was talking to a guy just last week. He helps IT organizations, like people who do help desk and stuff like that, helps them get their business off the ground. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm he has to hound them and hound them and hound them just to look at going to a networking thing. All that anybody in in any kind of digital industry wants to do is run digital ads because you just pump your credit card in, you type a few sentences, you hit go, and it's supposed to bring you in leads. The problem is everybody else is doing it too. Right. You ever hear the blue ocean strategy? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great book. Mm -hmm. Everybody's on the shore fighting for minnows. When all the whales are out in the ocean, you just got to go out there and get them, right? Mm -hmm. And that ocean, in my opinion, is in-person networking. That can be charity events. It could be like an excellent, excellent thing that you can do if, let's say, you're into real estate, Mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. Everybody in real estate goes and they go to the investor meetup and they go to the Chamber of Commerce. Well, guess what? There's 18 other real estate agents there. And so now you're one of 18. Mm-hmm. You go to the book club, you're the only realtor. Right. One person in that book club has a question about a house, They're especially with the price of houses now, right? 
mm-hmm. then you know that's a fifteen to ninety thousand dollar payoff. Yeah, makes yeah. a book book club even if you don't like the book. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? Like, I do. yeah, yeah, that's that's a very charity fair events. Absolutely, volunteering. I would say we uh, my company actually uh, when we were in Oregon, we were just outside of of Portland in Hillsborough, Oregon. We volunteered as a group. We found out that you could do, you could go as a group with your whole staff and you could go help at the food bank and you like packaging meals and stuff yeah. like that. And it was fun. You go out one night, we'll do it once a month and then take all the staff out for a couple of beers and you know, whatever. It's kind of a, an event, right? It's fun, support the community, that kind of stuff too. But turns out when you have several companies going there to help package meals at the same time, guess what happens? All the staff of each of these places talk to each other. And now I got somebody, oh, we have a problem with this. We're paying this agency and we're not getting any leads for our business and it's paying the butt. I don't think Facebook ads work. Hey, let's meet up sometime and talk about Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. We didn't go there to find leads, but I got more customers out of volunteering than you would imagine. Like, and these are simple strategies you can spend five hours a week working on your ads and trying to sort them out and get them done and optimize and all the things you got to do with your ads and your your you know your lead magnet page and now i got like a downloadable that somebody's gonna get and i got a funnel i gotta build and i gotta get all this stuff which is great once you're established but if you are trying to get out there because you don't have any revenue coming in the fastest way to do that is meeting actual people in real life Mm -hmm. especially as you know, I know you were saying, cause I watched it on, on the last one that you were talking about on the last show. Um, I don't know if it was technically the last, it might've been the day before. Anyway, one of the previous shows, one of the previous shows. Yes. Um, you were talking about the AI of yourself. Yes. Right? Yeah. We are, I would say four generations of AI away from you not knowing if this is me or if this is AI. Yeah, I, I don't it's, even know if I'd like argue three four. years out, probably. Yeah, I, I, out. and I would even wonder if it's three. I would even wonder if it's three. Um, I'd I, say I, it is because I know I understand that some of the tech. Yes. I don't yes. think that it understands enough. Like it could make a chat agent who could pass as a person. I don't think it's going to make an interview that could pass. You know, it's never going to go, I don't know, you know, like it's it's just it's not there yet. Right. And the the voice tech is not there yet. But as like a support agent or like somebody to be on a Zoom call in a meeting, you'd never know. I I did read a fascinating piece yesterday in one of the online news publications, the uh, uh, one of the senior officials in the in the government, what in the United States government, what keeps them up at night is is how quick uh, voice uh, cloning and voice fakes are evolving really rapidly, and how disruptive they're ultimately going to be to society. Uh, when you you know so and, and the genie is out of the bottle on that one. There's no going back yes. at this point. Yeah, it's well, already it cheap and almost it might as well be free. It's so cheap and easy at this point. 
Yes, yes, yes. So Matt, let's let's go to AI in a few moments. I because I because I, I wanna I wanna, you know, you've written a book about it. Obviously, some big things happened yesterday in the AI world. You heard my opening pitch, I had some opinions on it. So I want to come back to AI, but before we go there, because because a lot of people, at least in my audience, like I said at the beginning of the show, they're either reticent to change or or haven't adopted it and 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 maybe just don't know what to do next with it. But I think it also weaves into you know, again, our audience are retired athletes that have just finished playing their sport and uh, they want to start their own business. Now, I, I'm going to suspect the answer you would give me if I said, what are some tactics and techniques you give a retired athlete to start their business? You're going to say, well, Keith, I just told you the answers. Get out there and shake hands and meet people because that's what their leverage is. Right. But what, what, te- what tips and techniques would you give a retired athlete who wants to get out on business? I would say that there's definitely an angle towards um, being famous or like what I would call famous adjacent, right? Yes. You played with a sports team that maybe was a feeder team to a very, you know, a sports team that did really well, you know, or maybe you were an athlete who worked with someone who became a star athlete kind of thing. Like you're not necessarily, you know, front page headline person. Mm Mm-hmm. But you got a little bit of clout, right? Mm-hmm. That clout has value, has a lot of value. Yes. And there are several things. One uh, book that I would suggest anybody who's going to be an entrepreneur read uh, is called Influence. And uh, the book Influence is written in an interesting way, right? It's uh, Dr. Robert Caldini wrote it and i think he just put out a new edition a couple years ago too by the way the idea is how can i learn about all the tricks that people use for marketing or to make you make a decision right so that you don't fall for them Mm -hmm. but the way the reason it's written that way is it's the reverse. It's the Bible of how do you get people to make the decision that you want them to make, or how do you get them to take the action that's best for them? Or, you know, you don't want to use it nefariously, but there is a whole bunch of ways that you can have more influence than you would normally have. One of those is having some kind of clout or being famous and people automatically assign more intelligence and trust to someone who is famous in any way famous Mm -hmm. than someone who is not and i think even more clout matt Mm -hmm. if you tell the audience that right so if you so you know how you know howard stern became the king of all media not because nobody anointed him of that because back in the day, and I don't, you know, I don't know if Howard Stern still is, and I'm really dating myself now, actually, and I'm really, really dating myself now. But back in the day, when he anointed himself the king of all media, he put that on himself, or Michael right. Jackson, the king of pop, or you know, when you brand yourself that, the audience believes it, don't they, Matt? They do absolutely, and there's also nostalgia is extremely powerful as you can tell by the way that movies and tv shows come out nowadays everything's yes. based on a former ip property right some yes. kind of intellectual property yes and that's a nostalgia factor also people put traits of trust believability you know uh 
they think that people are more truthful they're more um they have you know better ingenuity and and things like this if they're attractive right mm -hmm. and most athletes have you know some they've worked out and stuff right they're attractive people right these are all things that work in your favor and they especially work in your favor in person of so, course sitting behind a desk and typing on the internet is not going to get you as far as going out and meeting people in person and this coming from someone who owns two marketing agencies is probably the weirdest thing because we don't sell how to network right you figure that out on your own mm -hmm. but once you've tapped out the networking world mm -hmm. and you need to bust through the ceiling to get to the next level that's where we take over right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so if you want to get to that first point though you really need to be meeting people in person and that could not be more important than it's going to be in the next few years mm -hmm. solidifying yes. those relationships with people is the only way you're going to compete with disinformation mm -hmm. oh yeah disinformation is a whole other conversation we can rapidly dig into as well you know absolutely hey matt as a business athlete um, we believe structure and accountability and systems are the secrets to success. Now, you're someone who's passionate about uh, your personal growth, your professional growth. What what systems or strategies do you use, Matt? You know, both to take care of your physical self, your mental self, your emotional self. You talk about your relationships with your your wife and your and your and your, and your daughter. What what systems do you have in place to make sure all those things are taken care of, including Matt Rouse, the guy in front of your own mirror? So family time, obviously, I mean, people tout that all the time, but I, I don't think you can say enough about it. Mm -hmm. um, being outside, you know, clean air, clean food, clean water, get out of the city, go for a walk, you know, go for a walk on your break, take breaks. All those kinds of things are going to protect your, not only your mental health, but also your creativity and you know, as I'm sure we'll talk about more, I don't want to keep bringing it up constantly, but it is a constant in our current world, right? Is that creative edge is the only thing that's going to keep you ahead of, you know, the machines kind of thing, right? So you've got to take care of yourself in those ways. And I think something that I really didn't take care of when I first started was I kind of let my health go a bit because I was, you know, I'm, I'm trying to live on the cheap and I'm trying to go, go, go all the time. So instead of taking like, you know, having something good for breakfast and something healthy to eat during the day, it's whatever I can get at the Starbucks and I'm going to have 15 coffees a day to stay awake and sleep for three hours and, you know, all these things. You got to take care of yourself. And even if you have to work a lot, you get to a point where staying awake longer, the work that you do is not any good anyway. So, I mean, once you've been awake for 16 to 18 hours, anything you do after that point is going to be garbage and you should just go to sleep and get up and be productive. You know, people think that they can just power their way through and pull a bunch of all nighters and it just doesn't work. It catches right? up. Yeah. It, it catches does. up quick. It and does. the, consistent incremental improvement is the only way to get ahead everything else doesn't work a little bit better every day right just like you're doing your show every day right yeah, so that that comment man that comment is so meaningful to me today
because uh, when we started this, I tried to do like, if anybody watching, I tried to do all this, right? right. And then, and then we were failing at a lot of things along the way. And I was like, hold on a second here, right? So we just focused on doing like this and every single day, I'm like, okay, so I got this process figured out yesterday. Like today's opener being fully transparent, today's opener was one of my best pre-recorded openers I've done in a long time because I, and, and, I, and why? Because I did it a little differently than yesterday. Right. So just those incremental improvements. Right. So I appreciate that comment you make. It's very timely to me, but it's hard to do that for a lot of people. It's been hard for me to do that, frankly, because I, I go like this real fast. Right. Yeah. Trying to rein in the kind of scope creep of all the things that you're doing is, is really tough. Yes. Um, Especially with my brain. Man. Well, and I mean, that's the thing is, is people whose brain goes a million miles an hour in a million directions are the ones who can get the best work done if they can set their mind to it. That's right. Yeah. Right. Well, I learned from Justin so, Breen and my Colby index where, where my brain's best and my brain's best being visionary and surrounding myself with uh, great, incredible teammates to help bring that vision to life. Matt, let's uh, let's pivot from vision to some AI kind of. So I'm a closet nerd for sure. And I mean that sure. term lovingly. So let's talk about it. Uh, let's right. start with this Marvel or DC. I like the original kind of 80s and 90s marvel yeah okay I'm a big fan of i've okay. actually got the signed cover of secret wars 11 with dr doom on my wall nice nice the original one yeah it was great uh, I, I don't know if you could tell but i'm wearing a dungeons and dragons shirt with well like so i I, I, can, I i i can absolutely tell and i'm and i'm loving the vibe you bring into the show so I, that's why i'm going here it i've said this a number of times on the show it would it would appear like we're moving into a world like the Terminator or like like or like the Avengers where there's humans there's there's these world governments and then there's the machines there's a few powerful people like that can control wars because they have so much money you see you know AI moving to AGI so Matt you've been around long enough like myself I suspect it's hard not to see that as kind of a fellow nerdy like looking at the world isn't it. My, am I, yeah, I think from a sci-fi futuristic kind yeah. of, of perspective, I think most of people's fears that you hear in the media about AI are completely unfounded. However, there is other things that are probably worse that they're not talking about. Right. So a good example would be everybody always brings up this same argument that's been around since the 60s. Um, they call it the the paperclip dilemma, right? You tell your computer, I want you to make as many paperclips as you can. And eventually it just keeps making itself more and more powerful until it breaks apart every component of everything on the entire planet to make paperclips. This is the, the scary idea of the alignment problem where we tell it to do something we think is beneficial, but it turns out to kill us to do the thing. It's just, I, I cannot see a super intelligence being like, well, I guess we'll just kill all these guys and make some paper clips. Like it's, it's asinine, right? If something is a super intelligence, it should be smart enough to figure out not to do harm. Right. But and I think, but I think the super intelligence, Matt, let's go, let's go on this. Cause thank you. Let's go on this. Sure. I think the super intelligence. So I hear your point of view, but what scares me about super intelligence is disinformation and 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 subtly changing narratives over a period of time which changes cultures and humanities and people 
where before we know it, we don't remember where it started, but it started from the seed of non-truth. Now, let's not even get into truth because truth is debatable these days as well. But that to me is where I get a little nervous with super intelligence and AI and AGI, et cetera. Do you follow me? Yeah, well, of course, every generation thinks they're right now, right? right. So, yes, of course. 50 years ago, everybody thought that, that you know, if you were experts in ethics and morality, you had it figured out and you know what those things were. But those are not the same things that people talk about now when it comes to ethics and morality, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. to assume that we have figured out ethics is, I mean, like I said before, it's kind of asinine. Like there's got to be more to it that we haven't figured out, right? But I think the biggest fear that I would have looking forward is if you look at the structure of kind of totalitarian societies mm -hmm. where the people in power are trying to stay in power at all cost, mm -hmm. the one thing that stops them is that the people can overthrow them because the people are the machinery that makes the money that they need to keep in power, right? They need a tiny little bit of money from all the millions of people, which adds up to the millions and billions of dollars they need to keep their thumb on the people, right? But if the AIs and autonomous machines and autonomous robots can make all the production and make all the money, then they don't need the people anymore. And that would be bad, right? Mm -hmm. So if you can imagine, you know, a dictatorship that already treats its people as if they're disposable, right. how much more disposable are they going to treat people when they don't need them to make money? Mm -hmm. And that's scary, right? It, it is. It absolutely is. So, Matt, you've written a book about AI. It's, it's yeah. this idea that AI, you know, w what's the title of it? It's will AI take our job? Exactly. And will AI take our job, Matt Rose? The question is, which industry are you in? And how long will it take before an AI can do that task? And in some cases, that's now. And in some cases, that's probably 10 plus, maybe 20 years from now, could be even longer. So it's going to vary by industry. And if you are immersed in AI, like I go to AI conferences and I listen to AI podcasts and I work on AIs, you know, I have several of them running in my office here and I test things with AIs and I'm just I'm talking about AI on here and I wrote a book about AI. AI is everywhere. But if I ask one of my friends who, you know, works in the public school system, they're like, oh, that thing that people use to cheat on homework. That's what yes. they think AI is, right? Yes, yes. So there's a vast gap between people who think AI is everywhere and the rest of the population. So let me simplify this question for my audience. Sure. What version of the iPhone are we at right now with ChatGPT and with AI? You know, probably three. <laughs> right. Right. And well, I guess you could say four since we're on four. But I mean... That, that's not really true, though. So the usable version of any large language model was probably GPT-3. Mm -hmm. Anything yeah, before that did not yes. do anything functional for the average person. 
like GPT two is used for sentiment analysis of Amazon reviews. Yes. And it yes. would tell you, is it positive or negative? That's all it really did. And it could jumble some words together, but you know, yeah. they weren't really helpful. So Matt, you heard my opening. I talk about what happened yesterday. Uh, I, I think yesterday's announcement is, is the, the precipice of kind of tomorrow's website where everybody started creating websites and social media pages for themselves. We all, we all became identified. That was, so if we were to look at history is the website became the social media presence. I think tomorrow is we all have our agents, right? And we're all interacting with our agents together. Do you, do you believe that becomes the case, Matt Rose? I believe that everybody will have multiple agents that they use. Yes. There will probably be some kind of interconnection between the agents. Yes. I believe Apple is going to come out with personal agents that are private to your device. So they'll work cross devices for your own devices, but they'll be private to you. Just like your iPhone has the same apps as, you know, your iPad, or you can move mm -hmm. stuff mm -hmm. from the same app store. I think that's going to happen. Um, I think multi-agent um, systems are going to be what corporations start to use. So an AI agent, essentially, in, in my opinion, mm -hmm. an AI agent is something that can work at least semi-autonomously, right? Mm -hmm. So it can do tasks that are useful on its own without you having to monitor it. So give somebody a specific task listening. So let's talk about maybe how you and I connected to have a meeting together for this show. What, what would you envision that process? So today's process is we exchange emails, we exchange calendar, maybe perhaps invites like Calendly or I share my Google Meet calendar and, and there's that process there if we got to select each other's appointment. What does that look like with Keith's agent talking to Matt's agent? All right, so you say here's my calendar to your agent and you connect it up and you say, these are when the shows are going to be. And you can say, I want to find experts on business and productivity. Can you book them for my show? So it does the research on how the booking is going to work, which kind of agents you've had in the past, which kind of people you've had on your show in the past, reads all the transcripts, summarizes them all, says, here's a list of, of the types of people or industries or experts that I think would be interesting. Do you accept this? And you say yes. Then off it goes to search the internet to try and find those people for you. It tries to find them, contacts them, asks them if they'd be interested being on the show, takes the responses, you know, does the back and forth, brings it to you, says, would you approve this guest? Yes or no? You say, okay, sure. I read the summary from them that they found on the internet. Yes. Hit the button. It goes. It does the back and forth between the calendars figures out when you're going to book them in, puts them in the available space, creates the social media, grabs their photo, makes your post, does all the things, puts it together, says, schedules it for you, schedules your YouTube, because it has access to all those things. It says, are these social media acceptable? Here's the images that we came up with. You say yes, off it goes, it posts them. It has its schedule, it's optimized to know when to post the stuff. And then after your show, it could take it, transcribe it, transfer the, or translate it into multiple languages. It could do the encoding. It could put it on YouTube. It could cut the shorts and the reels and the TikToks and cut all those out and post them for you. And all that stuff can be done by your agent. As a creator, as a nerdy creator, that's really exciting to me to hear you say that. 
yeah who wants to do all of the like fiddly work with all that stuff i just want to get in front of the camera and create and have fun conversations and make fun stuff and then have somebody else make it and share it with the audience it, it, you know what? And you know, this, this just kind of dawns on me too, because this is what gets me excited as a creator, and and to the to the guys that are thinking about becoming creators. Again, I have I have these retired athlete guys coming. Okay, well, I want to be a brand for myself, but I don't know where to start. Like, I want to have my own podcast, or I want to have my own show, but I don't know where to start and how to do it all. Well, um, these agents are certainly going to help. There's no question about it, right? Because if you can just come be yourself behind the camera, there's never there's, there's never. There's never been a better time to be a creator, and it's it's only going to get better, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, and I think that you're going to see the people who have some technical expertise are going to be the ones that you want to lean on to kind of get the tech going, because mm -hmm. eventually it will be easy. Yes. But I don't know if you... Not out of the gates. I don't know if you're old enough to remember MapQuest. Do you remember MapQuest? Dude, I'm probably older than you, man. I'm just checking of course i remember map quest i still have a buddy who who i know listens to this show hey chuck where i i know when him and i travel matt mm -hmm. i get the old text and you know what it is it's, it's not map google maps quest. or apple maps i'm like dude you're still using right. map quest he's like oh yeah it's the best i go what that in expedia <laughs> yeah well you go in right and you type in where you're gonna go and you type in your home address because it never remembers it yes and then it just prints out, you know, turn left at this yeah. and this sign, you do this, right? And that's, what, that's what you're using. But yeah, like, just like you said, there's still people using it. Yes. Just like Uber came out and, and Lyft and there's still people using taxis, you know, millions of taxis still. Fair comment, right? yes. yes. I mean, there's all this kind of stuff. So, but now I just, like, my phone sends me a text and says it remembers where I parked my car when I go into a store. Mm -hmm. I didn't tell it to do that. Right. That's, it just does yes, it. That's right. You know, that's where it's going to go. You're going to get to a point where the technology is clever enough to, you know, do all the things automatically that you need it to do. But that's not AI. Right. That can be done with programming. The difference with AI is that AI can make decisions. Yes. That's what everybody is missing in the conversation about AI who is not a technical person. Yes. Having a computer program that can make a decision without you having to program the decision into it. You don't have to say, if this, do that. If this, do that. You can say, mm -hmm. go find me an appropriate guest for my show, and it'll do it. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole different thing, because now you're taking the equivalent of someone's job, right? Yes. Because before that happened, either you have to do it, or your producer has to do it. Somebody got to do it right yes somebody's doing that job but you can have the ai agent go and do that job for you and now you could do something else right yes. you can do something better something more important well the something better part i'm glad you raised that because we talked about even a couple of minutes ago matt about just you know how we can focus on creating great content because here's you're seeing it as well as i am especially being in the marketing agency business Content now is a commodity. It is everywhere. It's so easy to make. It's so easy to make text content, visual content. Well, at the same time, the bar has raised higher for good quality content because it's so easy to make content these days. Right. right? So the more time we can put out to the agent task work, the better time we can spend on creating good quality content for the audience to rise above the chaff, right? Right. The only people that are out there on your social media right now telling you that AI can't write for crap are people who are writers. If you compare the writing from GPT-4 
especially if you have some custom instruction set or something into it so it'll do a better job or you coax it a little bit, right? It will write better than most of the people in the world, right? It's not going to write better than the writers, but it's going to write better than most people, right? If you're a professional athlete, right, the equivalent would be, you know, what is the difference between someone who's been a professional athlete in your sport and every amateur in the world? It's not even a contest, right? Correct. I I do think, though, that um, there's still many people and and going to be for a while yet that will will only use GPTs with one or two sentence prompts and they're going to get horrible responses and then it's going to be like, God, I don't like this GPT thing. I want to go have a human again. Right. So hence we're It'll get better at that though. Right? I don't disagree with that, but we're, but we're still over time, still going to be flooded with this mediocre content. Right. So I think, I, I, I think over time that value that you have in, in human beings only adds value to how you create your content so that you can rise above the rest of AI generated content. Absolutely. And you know, I've got 1,500 characters exactly because that's the limit of custom instructions in my GPT-4. Yes. And I just, if you, I'm Matt Rouse on LinkedIn, go there. My post from November 6th was all of my custom instructions. So you can just pull it. it talks about allowing the machine to use as many tokens as it needs. It has encouragement. It says to build a plan. Describe the best persona and then display the persona back to me that it's using so I know what it's trying to do. Like how to use reference machines, which is an internal AI thing that you would only know if you worked on AI systems, right? I'm saying use the right reference machine or calculator or write a script if it's going to make it better, right? Call out my mis- pers- my misconceptions about this, this idea. Like all of these are in my custom instructions. So if I say write me a blog article roughly five paragraphs long it should be about why it's better to use a uh hvac company to install this than installing your own system about this and it goes and i get a blog post that's 10 times better than if you just typed in i work at an hvac company write me a blog post yes yes we still edit it I mean, the only person on my staff in our Canadian company is a proofreader and an yes. editor, right? She's our editor slash proofreader. We don't have any other staff now in that in Canada for our, my company. And in our U.S. company, we have a couple staff. Um, most of their job is basically using AIs to direct the stuff that they're doing. Yes. So it's absolutely transformational. If you can start to figure out what are the processes in my company that take up the time that nobody likes to do that are repetitive and have some kind of an outline or structure that I can frame to say, go do this thing and the machine can do it, right? It may take up some automation. It may take connecting it up and maybe you don't know how to do that. We just ask the AI how to do it, right? It'll explain it to you. If you don't know how to use Zapier, ask the AI how to connect it to Zapier. And if it says you need a script, say, write me the script. And if your script doesn't work, you say, this script doesn't work. Can you tell me why? Right? The AI knows all that stuff already. So, but as you were talking earlier about, you know, content creators, 
one of my favorite programs, and they don't pay me or anything, but I keep saying their name, so they should, is it's an app called Get Munch. I don't know if you've heard of that one. I haven't. Get Munch will take a video in this format that we're in right now, and automatically it will transcribe the whole thing. It'll figure out which parts it thinks are the important bits. It cuts them into vertical videos, so you can put them on YouTube Shorts or LinkedIn or Reels or TikToks, right? And it also will put the captions on for you. It'll highlight it word for word, right? Like karaoke style. It will put a different color of highlight on the words it thinks are important. It'll give you the hashtags. It'll give you the name. It'll give you the description. And it'll write you a Twitter slash X post for every single one. And it, out of like an hour long piece of content, it'll cut 20 clips out. All I do is up, I put in the YouTube URL, I click a few buttons and I hit go and I come back in, you know, 30 minutes to an hour and it's done. Mm -hmm. And then I upload them. Mm -hmm. That job used to take us probably 14 hours of work at the agency. Now I do it in an hour and I can spend 55 minutes of that hour doing something else. Yeah. Yeah, there's certainly there's there's the power there. Yeah, we we use a we use a couple of similar tools to get Munch, but it's always great to learn uh, new ones that we certainly want to add to the toolbox. Yeah, uh, take hey, a look at take a look at Runway as well. Yes, I'm familiar with Runway as well. Yeah, Runway ML, you mean like as in Runway the, ML, the yeah the text yeah. and image to video tool, yeah, but also yeah. their video stuff coming along fast. Remove video backgrounds has great transcriptions with time codes that go straight into YouTube. Yeah, you can put that into chat GPT four and you can translate it into multiple languages. And then you can have your YouTube show go out and with multiple closed caption languages. Yeah, yeah. This is the kind of stuff we're doing. And I know we're running out of time. But if you look at like this is the book. Will AI take my job? Yes. The background image is a mid journey, right? With a little bit of prompting. Yeah, a little bit of editing in Canva. Every single chapter has key takeaways in the book, and the key takeaways are because I uploaded the chapter into GPT-4 and gave it instructions to generate the key takeaways in the book. Everything else is human written and edited. And by doing that, using the GPT to help us with the formatting and using mid-journey for that, publishing it on KDP first, we were able to get the book from the time I wrote the first word to the time it was on Kindle was 35 days. And it, that doesn't happen, right? My last book, we got it done in 110 days. The one before that took uh, almost a whole year. Matt, who wrote your book? You wrote it yourself or you wrote, wrote it with it GPT? 100% human written, except for the key. So how, do, so how do I know that? So you're an AI advocate and I, and I, and I, and I believe you, but I just, I, I need to ask, listen, as, a, as an interviewer, I got to ask the question, right. how do I know you wrote it? If you read it, you will be able to tell. <laughs> because AIs don't talk like people talk. Okay. Yeah. Now you could train it, right? Like I, and I've tried this, right? I put all of my books into training using the API and then told it to write a chapter of this book about this topic using these references in the style of Matt Rouse. Cause it has all my other books in it that it's trained on. Yeah. And it still comes out a bit kind of corporate structure sounding. Yes. And that's because that's what it's mostly trained on, right? Of course. It's websites and all that kind of stuff. Uh, even when you tell it to write like a fiction writer, well, now it's going to make up stuff. So, you know, when it's into business writing and stuff, you could tell. 
if somebody wrote it with GPT or not right now. Yeah. Like when it gets to GPT five or six, yeah. who knows if you're going to be able to tell. Still the power of the human, my friend, still the power of the human being. So I, I appreciate your, your, your candor on that. So you know what I need, Matt? Uh, you gave me permission before the show, and I told you, I warned you that we, we're probably going to go into overtime. I need, to, I need to make a mental note. I need an overtime buzzer so I can go ding, 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 like, ding, ding, and all of a sudden overtime because we know we're going overtime. So we're going overtime um, only because, well, I, I want to keep talking about you. You wrote a second book uh, that I know would be interesting to our audience. Can you take a couple minutes and talk about the second book you wrote? Sure. My other book is called Peer Tainment. Peer Tainment is about the peer-driven entertainment industry, and there wasn't really a term for it that kind of encompassed everything, and that's how I came up with Peer Tainment. Peer Tainment is loosely based on the principles that drive the medium and not anything about the content. So I would say a podcast, a YouTube show, a TikTok... You know, all of these are peer-driven entertainment mediums. And the reason for that is that they have a different structure than social media. The biggest failure I see when people are trying to become professional content creators or they're trying to earn as a content creator is they're taking things that people have said about the social media world and transposing it onto entertainment media like peertainment style media. And it's not the same thing. There are four people that you have to keep happy if you're going to make any money on a peertainment site. And the first person is your audience, of course, mm -hmm. right? If nobody watches you, then it doesn't matter. The second person is the AI. And I say the AI, but it's actually several AIs. Mm -hmm. but they're looking for things like the structure of your programming. What is the content? What was in each frame of the actual video? What's in the background, right? All of these things matter. How long is it? Who is it for, right? And then the last two is one is the platform and one is the advertiser because you can't make money on advertising if your advertiser is not going to advertise on your platform, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have a video that's about, you know, playing Minecraft, you're not going to get high paying SaaS and car ads, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if you have an entrepreneurship video like this, right? The ads that you would get when this gets displayed on something like YouTube would have a higher CPM and CPM stands for cost per meg, which is how much money does someone pay for a thousand ad impressions? you get paid a portion of that revenue if you're a creator. So if you don't keep the advertiser happy because of the way that your content is or you know who your audience is, and you don't keep YouTube happy because maybe you're not following the guidelines or you're not trying to keep people watching as long as you can, which is you know the metric that peertainment type sites are looking for is watch time. And you're not keeping the algorithm happy by having well-edited, well-structured, well-shot, well-lit, good audio in your content, and you're not keeping your audience happy, then none of the money will come. Mm -hmm. The only way to do it is have those four components. So one of the attributes of being a business athlete is being vulnerable. So we're going to be vulnerable right now on the air with you putting it out there. 
How so we're we're brand new to this. We're we're a number of weeks in. We're still trying to figure things out. Are you optimistic about our about our potential? Yes. I think that if you can stay consistent for a long period of time, then it will grow over time and you're going to learn what works and what doesn't work. But you can't figure out which 2% of your videos are going to bring you all your views until you make the 100 videos that it takes to get the 2% to figure that out. Right? Yeah, that's a really great point. So we go live Monday to Friday. We create show every week. We're creating a ton of content, as you can appreciate, Matt. You're from the business, right? Yeah. So we're doing an hour. Well, we're doing over an hour today right. because you're a great guest. So AI, like our stuff, man. He's well lit well. He's dressed well. We got good lighting. Right. AI, we're interesting to look at. AI, we're interesting to listen to. So we're feeding the AI right now, Matt. So that's why that's why I'm keeping you along here. But yeah, we're, we're, we're committed to this in the long haul. And I'm saying that so my audience hears this as well. Because I know that the audience is investing their time into me and into this. And um, w- when we first put this together, Matt, and I think you'll appreciate this because you're, you're, you're a vintage fellow like myself. When it was decided we were going to do a podcast, I said, no, we're going to do a show. And we're going to do it Monday to Friday. And we're going to do noon. We're going to hold a time spot, just like you get used to seeing the six o'clock news or Monday night football or something that happens at a certain time. I don't care if nobody watches live right now on day one or day two or day 50. It's this idea of getting this stream of consciousness that, oh, yeah, we're just noon central time, Monday to Friday. we got a live show and a commitment to that. Do you agree with what I'm saying? Do you follow what I'm saying? I do. You know, our podcast, the Digital Marketing Masters podcast, we did it live in a studio. We had 4,000 downloads our first year. Yeah. And we had 50,000 our second year. That's awesome, man. Congratulations to you. Thanks. Yeah, we're just wrapping up season five right now. Uh, We just did our 250th episode. Good for you. That's awesome. I I congratulate you for that. Okay. That's about, it's about consistency it is yeah and quality it's all right? about consistency Committing you know to what it. i wish i had paid more attention to quality and kind of being more succinct and stuff in the editing at the start okay yeah because um, i didn't realize until i started doing research for the book um for the puritainment book how tight editing has gotten so and by tight i mean we cut when we're doing videos for clients who are are you know content creators and and we're doing editing for them we're cutting out every breath every pause we're doing j cuts and c cuts so that the audio and and the video is going on to the next thing while the audio is still playing from the last thing we take the entire video and we'll speed it up anywhere from one to five percent to make it shorter just slightly yeah like absolutely cutting every single thing that doesn't add to the end product and you can't really do that with live right mm-hmm. well i like the magic but, of live yeah. right so and and I'll, be, and I'll be honest with you I, we'll just, i'll share my process we were doing a bunch of editing post show after live mm-hmm. but it was taking so long and just the economics of it weren't weren't, weren't efficient on day one so I'm like you know what we're gonna because we're doing a show a day 
a day and then 24 hours later we're doing it again i was like we got to do a couple quick cuts and then post it up onto youtube and then really and then do our shorts and do the post show process but then matt then move to the next one because tomorrow is around the corner and then iterate 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 because we're in this for the long goal right so um but i but i appreciate your commentary on i've even noticed myself that uh just these idea of shorts right less than a minute right sound bites less than a minute sound bite less than a minute right sound bite less than a minute right yeah, I'm on repeat for a purpose there because there's a soundbite, right? There's a soundbite, right? We're trying to entertain somebody, right? So it's, um, but I'm fascinated by the game. I'm really excited being inside of it. Um, I'm really excited doing this. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with you, dude. It's been Thanks. really, really awesome. And I'm hoping we can yeah, do it again. Great. Yeah. Um, before I say goodbye, I you heard me at the beginning. Um, I said no to peanut butter on November. It's my poison. Oh, that's uh, tough. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man, for the support. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you for a pledge. I've, I've asked every single guest since November 1st, and I'm going to ask every single one who's coming up in November. That's right. And those that are on November 28th are going to get off easy, I guess. Right. But Matt, will you pledge with me a November pledge so I can, so I can link you to the, so I can link you to the LinkedIn post that's kind of got everybody holding accountable to their November poison. All right. Well, let me see. That's a tough one because, you know, a lot of people give up things like they're like, I'm not going to drink or I'm not going to have sweets or, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but I'm diabetic, so I already can't have those things. Okay. So, I mean, I eat pretty healthy already. How about saying so, no to something you always say yes to? I think sometimes no. people have a trouble of, of always putting yeah. something on the yes list. I have to say no to getting more chickens then probably. <laughs> okay. All right. What's your wife's name? Carrie. Carrie, okay, so I perhaps need to I need to connect with Carrie as well off air, but we right. can't let Matt get any more chickens for yeah, the month right. of November. I already got, got sixty three, sixty sixty two, sixty two. Yeah. yeah. Well, I thought maybe one joined in the last hour. That's it. Could it one could have happened. happened? You never know. But we don't have any broody chickens right now, which is what they call it when they're sitting on eggs. So. Oh man. So you know what? I'm going to do something. Talk about learning. I'm going to do something with you on the air while we're while, while I'm going to leave. I'm going to walk us out of here. All right. I'm going to walk right. us out of here with this. I'm going to put on some. I love bagpipes, man. Can you hear it? Here it comes. I know. You would think there would be more of it in Nova Scotia, but where I live, it doesn't come up that often. This, So this is the entertaining part. We're trying to keep a hook, right. the AI hooked. It's the enter I always say entertain and inform, Matt Rose. That's true. You have been a, a thoroughly enjoyable guest. I've I've enjoyed our conversation. And you, so I appreciate it. I love the bagpipes, too. You can't get enough bagpipes. You can't get enough bagpipes. And... You know, if nobody sees the fun we're having here, then go tune to a different channel. Go tune somewhere. There's gazillions of channels on YouTube. Go to somebody else's. But hey, let me tell it. you one more, one more YouTube creator secret Please. that I oh, yes. know. Tell me. Is that one of the metrics that YouTube uses that they don't tell anybody? Yes. Is not just watch time, like how long did somebody watch your video for? Yes. It's how much of all of your content have they watched? So... What everybody does is they get to the end of their video and they say, okay, see you later. And then the person clicks off and goes to another video. When what you should say is you can just point over like this, in, or I guess in, in this case, it's this direction. And you can say, after you're done, watch my entertaining interview with such and such, you know, who had a similar topic to what we're talking about today. Because you're encouraging the person 
to then click through to the next video, oh. which increases the amount of time somebody has watched your channel, which then means YouTube says people similar to the person who clicked through will also want to see more of your videos. So we will recommend them more often. Matt Rouse, that is a very, so very, very helpful tactic that I've learned today. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I will be, I won't be editing that out. I'll just be posting that. That's just too much money Sorry. to edit out right now. Um, <laughs> tongue in cheek. I, uh, I, I'm going to learn that today. So I can look at my videos. So tomorrow I can say, hey, everybody, in one of these corners of my screen, go and subscribe or watch the other videos. Stay within the channel. Um, we got a lot of great content that I know will interest you. I had a guy on, Captain Steve Hoffman, Talk to AI. You're going to love, if you loved Matt Rouse, you want to go talk and listen to Captain Hoffman. How did that sound, Matt? Absolutely. You got to talk. That's my old, uh, my old gaming nickname was the Captain. <laughs> so maybe me and the captain should have a talk the captain and the captain the captain AI. and the captain All right, Keith. Uh, thanks for joining me today I'm going to send you off to the green room for two minutes while I can say goodbye to the audience for a very quick second and I'll come back to you and say goodbye okay hang tight Sounds my friend alright we're going to do this we're going to do this and then I think we're going to try that and this one more time <laughs> I'm going to get a button put on for the bagpipes because I love the bagpipes. Hey, I'm Keith Billis. You know who I am. I'm the guy sitting on this side of the microphone saying, hey, if you want to get connected and close to us in the lab, you got to go to inside.bapple.ai. Inside. I'll even mute the music. Inside.bapple.ai. Put your email address in there. We're not going to spam you. Why I tell you this is because if you don't have time to watch the shows throughout the week, we're going to send you one email. One email on the weekend, which gives you a recap. Uh, and you know what? Like I just learned from Matt, some of that stuff might even be AI efficient, right? So you're going to get that one email on the weekend that gives you all the content from the week so you can be effective when you want to consume our content. So head on over to inside.bapple.ai to connect with us. And then more things are going to come secretly to your inbox over time. Again, no spam just a connection. We talk about the agents that are going to be connecting. Well, we're going to do the human connection through your inbox inside.bapple.ai. And lastly, hit subscribe so we can tell YouTube that you like our content. If you subscribe and go watch other stuff, we can make more of it for you. I'm Keith. Where's that sound? I'm Keith Billis. I'm live in the lab and I'm out of here for today. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Yeah, I got to move this last part around here, which goes, I think, to uh, what the hell? I'm just going to end it. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs>